Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely wife, Miss Southern Shell. Shell, how are you doing this week? Uh, good. You fresh off vacation? Yes. We had a long vacation. It seemed long. It seemed long. But uh, we had a, a good time. We recharged. It's still hot as crap out here in Mississippi, so we haven't filmed a video. I did do a little cooking last night. In yeah, a we were going to talk about that. I thought we'd talk about our vacation first. Yeah. Well, do you want to recap what we did on vacation? Sure. First, what was our we, first at the thought? last minute, we decided we were going to leave early because we had a condo booked starting Monday. Mm-hmm. Down or Tuesday. In Florida. We went down to, we had some friends going down and they had some kids. So we wanted to take Michael so he could have some people to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And, but that was we, pretty much the decision. But we wanted to do a private, you know, something fun us. for us yeah. and take him to do some. So we went down to New Orleans. Yeah. Last minute we said, let's leave early, go to New Orleans, split the trip up halfway. I'm glad we did because yeah. now they're flooding and I feel sorry for all those people down there. Because yeah. uh, I saw, I've been seeing on Facebook, man, people have been putting. And on the news, I mean, the quarter was underwater. I guess I'm hearing some of the pumps are out in the city. They've got that, it's a tropical depression stirring up, blowing in, but they're already at, you know, the, the levees were at max because of all the flooding we've been having. And man, it's, it's terrible. It's going to be a bad It was beautiful. Situation. We were there. Yeah. The weather was perfect. There was no rain. It wasn't too hot. It was crowded. Yeah. <laughs> but we had a good time. It wasn't we, too, too hot. Um, so prayers out to those folks. Yeah. But, we owned, we got there on Friday evening. We did a haunted carriage ride, which Heck is yeah. awesome. You got to do that in New Orleans, yeah. man. That's a good tour of the quarter. That, um, it's our second time to do that, but it's different every time. I mean, they, they take you kind of around the same routes, but we. You know, the, your tour director has different stories than, or our tour director this time had different stories than the one last time. So it was interesting, you know. Yeah. And it starts at night, so you kind of. Yeah. Hang out, drink some daiquiris or whatever, <laughs> whatever your poison <laughs> well, we is to- while you're in the quarter. And, and then you get on this carriage and they're all like pulled by mules. And I think, what can they take about six to eight people, something Probably. like that? It's not, it's not super crowded or anything. Yeah. But it's really, I mean, you go through like- the quarter at night and you pull up to all these old historic places and they have a story about each one. It's not really haunted. I mean, you know, they're, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't say that. Don't I say think that. it is. You think it is? Um, just the clickety clack of the mule, of you the know, on the cobblestones is. I enjoy it. I enjoy the people watching when yeah. you do it because there's people everywhere down there, and, and those, um, those mules kind of know where they're going. Yeah. Like they're not doing much. They, I guess, they know the routes. They're really smart, but they know where to stop and then you know when to pull over and when to turn around, when to take a left, when to take a right. Yeah. That impressed me because the ladies turned around talking the whole time. We just got this mule trotting along. <laughs> we went to the Bourbon House on um, Bourbon. Oh, man, if you that- had never been there, that's a great place to go eat because uh, they have the plateaus and it's like it's a the seafood tower. Well, all right, we didn't really get the tower. We kind of got the medium sized one. Yeah, it's a plate, but it has raw oysters. It has some of them have caviar on them, which was awesome. And then they had like crab claws and. Uh, what else was Those on there? Those are the best crab claws I've ever had. Um, I'm usually not a big shrimp, fan of it. Yeah, the shrimp it. were okay. Uh, what um, else there was, was something on else? There's there. like a seafood shrimp salad. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. And it's like all really fresh seafood. So 
well, we got a New Orleans. We got a New Orleans to go out to eat. Mm-hmm. It is really a foodie city. There's so many good restaurants down there. Man, when I think of New Orleans, I think of seafood. Yeah. That's what I go for. Oysters. I mean, yeah. yeah. Raw oysters. And even this time of year, you know, they say don't eat raw oysters in months that don't have an R. Man, I trust them down there. I've never been oyster sick yet. Cross, knock on some wood or whatever. <laughs> I love them. Um, then the next day we got on a riverboat. The Natchez Steamboat. It was yeah. a, actually one heard. of only two steamboats still in operation in the United States, oh, is really? what the captain said. Yeah, I wouldn't. And I it's, a huge, it's a huge boat, man. I'm, there was probably hundreds of people. Yeah, I would, I would, I was going to say three or four hundred. Yeah, it Easy. was huge. They did a buffet lunch. We didn't do that. Yeah, we just rode and looked. Yeah, because I, mean, it awesome. like, I guess you could pay to go in and eat. A, it looked like you know, I went in there to use the restroom. It didn't look too appetizing, but. Hey, yeah, and you're, you when can you're in New Orleans, don't. Yeah, don't go for the buffet lunches <laughs> and places. Go to some off, you know, go to somewhere off the beaten path. And then Sunday we woke up and went to Destin. Yep, Destin, Florida. Drove over and went uh, across the boat through Mobile. Tell me, tell, uh, tell me why we picked the hotel we picked. <laughs> it, this so. There was a hotel over there. It used to be called the Ramada. It was on the beach in Fort Walton. I guess it's actually Fort Walton Beach before you get to Destin. And my mom and dad took me and Waylon there when we were probably, man, we were probably Michael's age, like 10, nine and 10 years old. And I remember that being the coolest hotel because they had this huge island grotto in the middle of the swimming pool that kind of surrounds it. And it's a deep pool. I and mean, it goes from like 12 foot mm-hmm. all the way to three foot, you know, it's got these waterfalls coming off the edge. You go through it and it's got like a swim up bar. And it's got a hot tub out there. It was just the coolest thing when I was a kid. It's right on the beach, you know, so you can go out the backside of the condo. I guess what do you call it. Is it a condo or hotel? No, it's more hotel-y. Yeah. I guess it's more hotel-y, but they do have condo style rooms because yeah. the room we were in was like a little kitchenette, two bedroom deal, but it's right on the beach. They had a little beach bar out there with a guy playing music at night, and there's restaurants all beside it. And I mean, it, so I wanted to take Michael there and see what it was like. <laughs> thirty years later. Thirty years later, yeah. <laughs> and so, and I looked it up, and I found the property, but it had changed hands, and now it's actually called the Island. And I, I'm not saying it's the nicest place because they hadn't <laughs> changed it a whole lot. It was just like I remembered it. I mean, they might have put some paint on, and and everything else was the same. It was dated. It was very dated. But we had a blast. But we made man, the pool was awesome. We, yeah. So we spent you know spent a day there and let Michael swim in the pool, and we got and we went in the pool bar and had some cocktails. Yeah, it was and, fun. Man, they had cannonball contests, a belly flop contest. The kids were loving it. Yeah. But it wasn't too crowded. You know, I didn't think it was. I wasn't uncomfortable. Uh uh-uh. uh So that part was fun. We didn't get in the ocean there because yeah, we knew we, it we was were a, going. We showed up that afternoon, swam in the pool, went out to dinner. Next night. We just, right next door. Yeah. And then the next morning we woke up and went to Panama City. And then we hung out there for a week. Yeah. Went deep sea fishing. You know, it's the wrong time of year to go to Panama City. I ain't going to lie. Do not <laughs> go. Just, the, four, the, the highlight of the trip. Now, we did. Deep sea fishing was fun. We spent a day doing that. We rented a well, pontoon boat one day. I was sick as a dog when we were deep yeah, sea fishing. You do not have sea legs. I do not. I, the whole time I was sitting there, head over the going. side of the boat. If you've ever been seasick, I've never been seasick before. I've done. We've done a cruise before. I've done plenty of lake boats, you know, and I've done a few mm-hmm. ocean the boats. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea, but whew, 
being seasick is about like having the worst virus ever. Really? I mean, it's bad. I felt bad. You're just constantly sick. You have that constant sick feeling, and you're just puking every couple minutes. And it didn't bother me at all. I mean, it's it It got you and the kids. When the kids bounced back, of course I was eating drama. Me, I didn't take anything, but I took Michelob Ultra. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what kept me equal. I had an empty stomach and I drank a big cup of coffee and I, you know, that's what I thought was my problem until I started actually Got out there and playing deadliest catch. It was bad. But you and Michael had a blast. And yeah, we caught a limited we fish, red, yeah. red snapper, and we caught some grouper and a trigger fish or two. It was fun. It was yeah. a lot of fun. What'd you, um, what'd you bring back? Cause you um, brought, we brought fish back, right? Yeah, we brought we we had we pretty much halved them with the other couple. We were there and brought back a cooler full of snapper and some grouper. What's your plans? You know, it's hard. To, I just like to keep it season simple and throw it on the grill. Makes excellent fish tacos or blackened yeah. fish, I and mean, that's probably what I'm gonna do with it. I'm, I don't do like I don't fry that kind of fish. It's not. It's for me. It's more for grilling or blackening in a cast iron skillet or something like that. So I'll probably do a recipe with some of it. That'd be good. And if this. Uh, Storm isn't too bad this week. I'm going back down to uh, to Orange Beach next weekend. We're going out fishing again for some snapper before the season's over. That's kind I don't of a guys' trip. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what this storm's going to do to it, though, because that's, I mean, it could knock us out of fishing. I hope it don't. But. Um, if you are looking for a condo in the Panama City area, I would highly recommend the Summit. <laughs> do not. <laughs> don't send anybody there. It, uh, it was bad yeah. Uh, yeah we didn't know it was, it was so crowded. many people it was so crowded it's pretty much like if you'd like it was if you'd a- like hanging out in like walmart parking lot with the jammed on black friday <laughs> where everybody's there camping out to try to, to get in like get some Waffle sales House at 4 it was packed <laughs> i mean just it was crazy I mean, they had two pools and, and hot place. tubs, but you didn't want to get... Man, there were so many people in those pools. I didn't want to be in that water. They shut down one the of the The beach was okay. The beach... The, the ocean was nice there. Yeah. There was, like, one day had, like, a... I don't even know... Do we have some red flag? No, it was, it was a yellow flag the whole time. But one day, there was some decent, you know, waves yeah. actually breaking. But the rest of the time, it got smooth there, and you could just float. They so, were having a party out there, though. Oh, the wobble wobble is in effect still in <laughs> Panama City. <laughs> I mean, everybody was doing it. It was like the first time every, I ever heard it. Every 10 minutes, somebody crank <laughs> up. out the wobble, wobble, baby, wobble, baby. They get out there. The whole beach. From 10 to 100. <laughs> but the coolest, they had the best fireworks show yeah. I've ever seen in my life on the 4th. And it was, so there's, where we were staying was in between two big piers. Like what's Pier Point is or Pier Place or whatever it is, is like the bang where Margaritaville and all that stuff is. Comes out in the ocean, and then down there's a state park down on the other end, and it goes way out. And both of them did fireworks shows, and we were kind of halfway between. So you could see, depending on which way you were looking up the beach, you could see both fireworks shows. But every, it seemed like every condo or every other condo in between was doing their own fireworks show, and people were just out on the beach. I guess people love fireworks down there because, man, it was like, it people was, were on it was like a 3D effect. They're on fireworks. Yeah, but like, professional ones yeah. they like bottle rockets and roman candles <laughs> <laughs> this is some mortar shells <laughs> some of them were way too close like yeah. they'd just be blowing up right on you i was like i don't know if this is safe or not you know one thing i didn't see the first police officer in panama city <laughs> we were there for seven days i didn't see not a cop one 
I don't know where they are. But there was, was buck a... wild. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure our kids got a little education there. Oh, the strip. There was a strip club right across the. <laughs> <laughs> right What's it called? Show and tail. The show and tail gentlemen's club. Oh, I kept threatening to go over there, but I didn't. <laughs> it was right beside. If you've ever seen, um, I would have loved for you to go to the have show you ever and tail. Seen... You to come back with a whole different attitude. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen those Facebook videos where they strapped the people into the slingshot things? And they put the. They had one of those like right there in our parking lot. So you could go out there and for seventy five dollars, two people could get on that and it blast you into orbit. This I, did, I, the, I kept trying to talk the kids into doing that. They wouldn't do it. This is the place to be spring break circa 1988. Oh, yeah. And there were people who have been going ever since. I promise you. <laughs> yeah. I was, riding the elevators that, was miserable. And you had to wait yeah. three or four times. They were so packed. And but every time no I, air on the elevators. There every was, time I got on one, there was like, man, this, you know, we've been coming for eight years. We've been coming for 12 years. This is, you know, we love this place. I was like, wow. Oh, inside the elevators. It wasn't, one of the elevators was just, there was plywood just inside the elevator it was protected it, <laughs> it was like <laughs> it really was i think it wasn't because they were trying to keep it you know under it was, construction it was not the nice people putting place. those big luggage carts in there was you know it bashes an elevator up we had a blast though we had a good time made we best. made the best of that situation yeah, we had no idea we went blind but we know now we're glad Nothing wrong with Panama City. It's a great place if you're under <laughs> oh, 30, probably. <laughs> There's some beautiful houses. I just think oh, we yeah. picked the wrong spot. The wrong date, too. Yeah. Don't go to the 4th of July. We actually rented a boat another day and went out in the bay and found a little private in island. Shell Island. Shell yeah. Island. There was a bunch of other people docked up there. We had a great time that day. Beached you up. Know? Yeah. You could walk right across and be on the Gulf side, so yeah. that was cool. And the water was nice there, too. Yeah, that was There great. was actually shells. There wasn't any shells on the beach we were at. <laughs> Crabs were scared to come there. It's like, no thanks. We'll let y'all have that beach. <laughs> You'd have a better time picking up beer tops than you would shells there. It was like, no, we was next door to Club Vila, but, <laughs> but, they, but it's not open now because I guess the hurricane. Was it Hurricane Daniel came last October and when it hit Mexico Beach, which is just east of there a little bit, I guess we were on the far on the south side. They got a bunch of damage there too. So, and they're still recovering. They were still like you know, the place we were staying had some workers where guys had been there and still going over there and doing hurricane relief. Yeah. Where we went and rented the um, pontoon boat, there was a lot of docks that the, were just completely yeah, demolished, twisted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could tell it done some damage. Still, uh, they still hadn't got recovered from yeah. it. They're still, you know. Tarps on houses and stuff. I guess they're you know you have to make the best of it. Especially this time of year, they depend on tourists to come down there and spend money. And yeah, keep the economy booming. They were there. They oh, were it was out booming. full force. Man, the Walmart. So you know you go there and you know you can't go out to eat every day because it's just too packed. Yeah, and it's a condo. So yeah. yeah. So we stopped and got some groceries. And man, the Walmart there is insane. <laughs> they like, were steadily stocking they, shelves. They stock it twenty four hours and they're out of just. You know, you're not bread. They might not have bread. <laughs> Every loaf gone or whatever. It was crazy. My I couldn't God. believe how many people was there. I went. Let's say I did end up going to Walmart twice, but I didn't they, go the second time. Was it as busy the second time? Oh yeah. And we thought we were going to get up early and go. You know, before the crowd. You're not beating the crowd there. It's you just the only thing is get in there and do it. But they did have Natterdays, natural lights, no beer. Natterdays <laughs> for what? 
Fourteen dollars. Fourteen a bucks case. a case. Yeah. <laughs> oh, down there, Walmart has its own liquor store, like out in the parking lot, separate. That was the coolest store. I went in in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> they had everything. They had a Crown Royal th- Throne. Yeah, I wanted that. <laughs> Where you could put that in the office? <laughs> okay. Up here in the podcast room, over there in that corner, it looked great. <laughs> you can put it right there and yeah, sit in it. It's a big purple throne. It had the. It was, it was like made out of the same stuff a Crown Royal bag is that. That kind of velvety yeah. purple. <laughs> it was pretty cool. I think Julian has one of those. That would not surprise me. Um, so this weekend we're heading to Glasgow, 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 Kentucky, mm-hmm. um, to Rib Liquor's Barbecue Restaurant. Uh, our friend Wayne is doing a SCA contest up That's there. Right. He's doing some ancillary too. I'm not sure. I think it's a one bite challenge too. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't sign up for that. I'm going to let Michael cook it. Yeah. We're taking him with us and he wants to cook Swine steak. Life so. is coming and cooking yep, with Wayland's us. Wayland's going to meet us up there. He's driving up. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be yeah. hot, but it's going to be fun. So we're going to Last year we went. Morning. So last year was the first time and we went and man, they put on, they hosted the best contest. He won um, Organize, or, Organizer of the Year. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Because Last he year. does a great contest. It's so oh, much man, fun. It's like right a, there in his parking lot of his restaurant. Appreciation thing the Friday night before yeah. and had, you know, food and drinks. And his restaurant's cool. If you've ever been up there, it's not too far from Nashville if you're in that area. Mm-hmm. Or Bowling Green, Kentucky. And you know, it might it's be a barbecue restaurant there. and they have good barbecue, but they have a pizza. Stone pizza. A stone pizza yeah. that is awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of looking forward to getting some that, that stone pizza. goat. That's the best one he's got. I love that one. It's yeah. got the goat cheese and like uh, arugula and, and some like prosciutto on it. It's really yes. good. With, a, with like an olive oil based sauce. He has some good pizzas. Mm-hmm. Like some, it's not just pepperoni. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, but Dwayne's a good guy too. If you yeah. have a chance to get in that restaurant, stop in there and see him. He's, he's got it going on as far as a barbecue restaurant. I bet you will have 50 or 60 teams there this weekend. Probably. It's going to be, it's going to be big. Yeah. Probably. Well, I hope Michael does good. We'll see. <laughs> um, he does better in the big fields, it seems like. So, last night, so what did you do? You had a fantasy football pre-draft party? It was the lottery pick. Okay. So, in fantasy football, the way we do it, you know, depending on where you finished last year, you get so many numbers in the draw so to see where you're going to pick this year. And that's how it was. So if you finish first, you got like 12, 12 balls in the little lottery machine and so forth all the way down to the last place team got one. And we always try to do that several weeks before the draft because we want to know, we can kind of plan our draft strategy, who you're going to pick, where you're going to. You know, or who's going to pick where? You can do mock drafts or whatever. We're football nerds. So. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun, and it's a reason for us to get together, me to get to cook something for my buddies, and that's so that's what we did last night. And so you did a steak dinner. I did. I yeah. did. Because uh, it was only – not everybody can make the pre-draft. Yeah. There was eight of us. Eight of us, yeah. including you, nine. I so made nine, yeah. We did uh, – I went to – the butcher got me some ribeye steaks cut, inch and a half. There were some good steaks too. They were um, massive. They were oh, huge. Yeah. They were good. They weren't like they weren't like contest size. Those, mm-hmm. those were thick steaks. And I knew that I wanted since like I was roast. cooking. I got ten of them. Yeah. They weren't that big. I mean, it was a tw- <laughs> it was it was an eighteen twenty ounce ribeye. I mean, it was a good size 
Not bone Massive. out, you know. It was, what'd you say, thick. inch and a half thick? I asked for an inch and a half. Some yeah. of them might have been pushing two. <laughs> but, so I knew I was cooking 10 of them that, that I wasn't just going to grill them like, you know, hot and fast or whatever, like we do a steak contest. I wanted to reverse sear them so I could nail the doneness in all 10 of them. And it, you know, it, it kind of speeds up that cooking process. It takes a little longer because it took it. I think I, I ran the Memphis Woodfire Grill, put up season them, put them all on there. And running at 225 and, and I kind of watched the internal temp. When they got to about 118, 120, I took them off and let them rest a few minutes while, you know, I was getting the charcoal grill hot. I put some rural oak inside my PK 360 and got it screaming hot because I wanted to take them to about, you know, 125 ish, little medium on rare to, yeah, a little medium rare to medium right in there. On the, no, on a charcoal grill. Your final doneness. Yeah, is final doneness. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was looking for. But, and so that was the plan. I got my grill hot, you know, had, had them all on the pellet grill, got my coals what kind ready. What pellets were you running? Um, they were just hickory. It wasn't anything fancy. I just I had some hickory barbecues, a lot hickory pellets, and I threw in there just to get some smoke flavor on them. And it, cooking at 225, you pick up a pretty good bit of smoke flavor in a ribeye at that time. I mean, it, it tastes different than just grilling it. And yeah, so reverse, the reverse sear on a thick steak is the way to go. It's, I mean, it, it really, it, it keeps you from messing it up and the steaks, um, uh, evenness all the way through from, you know, outside edge to outside edge. You don't get that gray area and then some done, you know, done this where you want it and then more gray because you cooked it really hot on a thick steak. You know, that's a challenge on a charcoal grill. Yeah. You got to do two zone fire or something like that. Or have a raised rack or something yeah, like that. Yeah. You can that. still do the same thing kind of. Uh, cook it the same way, but it works out great if you're doing a lot of steaks and you're cooking big steaks. And so everything was going great. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I heard a little rumbling. And I was like, "Uh oh!" And you checked the weather. Yeah, it was, I no, no chance of rain. No chance. Because yeah. I, I was like, "Do I need to water my plants this afternoon?" We checked. I was the like, weather? "Yeah, you got to water. It was hot, man. Ninety something degrees. They're well, going to die." Was overcast. I was like, "Will you check the weather?" See? Yeah. And you were like, "No rain." None inside. Weather, man, that come weather.com app is, they've changed it. Like, I don't know if they think they're making it better. It sucks now. <laughs> I wish they'd go back to the old version. But anyway, so it starts thundering. The wind starts blowing. Next thing I know, it's like deadliest catch out there. Wind's blowing in. I mean, they couldn't, they couldn't have made a better movie set with me cooking in wind and rain and storm. And I'm up under my, my cooking awning, you know, this is where my counters are, my cookers and all that. And I'm up in the corner. Tucked up in there, <laughs> got the Memphis girl close as I can up in the corner, and I pulled the PK over there right beside it, and then I'm, and then you come out there, you need any help? And I'm out there drowning, <laughs> you know, trying to grill these steaks off. And the thing is, it was coming like normally the way it's set up. It's like the house catches the yeah, wind. Yeah, it stuff. blocks no, wind, it blocks rain. It was blowing straight up in there. It was coming out of the northwest sideways. sideways. <laughs> it was like somebody had put. Um, one of the big fan boats, like you take a swamp tour in our pool and just turned it on. It was just blasting me. I'm, I'm soaked. I mean, soaked to the bone. I've got the steaks, you know, they're <laughs> trying to keep some of them warm on the pellet grill. Got others in a pan with foil on it. I'm out there just got my phone running timer. It's soaked. And she said, is there anything I can do? I said, yeah, bring me a, a beer. 
I'm if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna, I'm at least have me a cold drink. I finally got the big umbrella and like kind of propped it up. It was all I could do to hold it up there to the you know where the counter is. I appreciate you stayed up. out there. You stayed with me while I was, and then this whole thing only took twenty minutes. But it was in the once middle. Once you got him to that. Yeah, once I got him up to temp, the searing part's easy, you know. But it does. It. T- I was timing them about a minute and a half. Do my twist, minute and a half, flip them, you know, walk them through the whole process, 10 stakes. And I can only do two at a time. But I, I got a little assembly line going where I put, you know, start two on the right, yeah. get them turned over, put the next two on. And then the whole time I'm doing this and it's coming to monsoon. <laughs> thunder, you know, it's lightning and thunder. It was bad. Yeah. So I thought today we would talk all about reverse here. It's a, it's to me, the, you know, it's the best place for the reverse sear is when you're cooking thick steaks. I mean, if you got a thicker cut of meat and you're wanting to get it to desired doneness, and most time it's going to be a steak, whether it's, you know, a ribeye or a porterhouse or stri- whatever fillet, it doesn't matter to cut. It, it really works well on thick cuts of steak. And it's because you can slowly watch that core temperature come up and you can do it with a pellet grill like I did. You can do it, um, on a, on a two zone fire. You know, if you got, if you have a, say a Weber, Weber grill and you want to put your coals over on one side and have you a cool zone on the other, you can start your steaks out over on the cool zone, put your thermometer in the thickest part of it. I try to shoot for like right in the center, center mass. And then you just kind of watch it come up. And depending on, you know, how hot your grill is, I like to keep it below 250 for the first stage because you're picking up smoke flavor and, you know, it's, it's, it's going to give it that. And you sm- want it to cook yeah, slow. Yeah. 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 I want it to cook slow. I want that core temperature to slowly come up. That's what's making it even across it. And then once it gets up to, um, you know, like 118, depending on how you want them. Like I like, I like them more on the medium rare, you know, that end. So I'm stopping them about 118, 120, which is right below rare. And that way I know when I put my sear on them that it's going to be perfect. It's going to come in and it's going to be even all the way across. And so. And they were. Oh yeah, yeah. That, the steaks I did yesterday were perfect. I was yeah. like, when I come back in, soaked a pan of steaks, yeah, covered in full, but there's water all in the full. I said, guys, I'm not responsible. You know, they started out great, but then it just went hopes. south. Yeah, so I didn't know if they were going to be overdone, underdone. I was just walking them through, and I had me a thoroughpin. Finally, I gave up. Once I saw how long it was taking, the first couple of ones, I just ran them all through and got them off. It was all. I was just tired of being, you know, hosed down. <laughs> I was tired of getting the hose again. <laughs> but they, but, but you know, and so we, by the time everybody made their plate, we all sat down and everybody cut into them. It was like, man, these were excellent. I mean, yeah, they, they were, were perfect. From, the from was side really to good. side, perfect was just as pretty, uh, medium rare as you wanted. They were juicy, had a really good flavor. Um, I tried something a little different with those. I, uh, uh I put some, Unflay, unseasoned meat tenderizer on them that I ordered off Amazon oh. and let it set for about 10 minutes on each side. And then I rendered, you know, rinsed it off under cool water and patted them dry. And then I seasoned them like I normally do with the AP and a little hot rub and a little steak rub and let them set on like, I did on each side like 15 minutes and then flipped it and seasoned the other side, let that set 15. And then that was just the come up to room temp, you know, time. Yeah, and they were really good. That meat tenderizer changed it. It made it the, the texture very, very the texture tender. was excellent. Yeah. It was a good cut of steak. Was Those were Angus steaks. Um, I got them at Kroger. Certified? So, no, they weren't certified. Just Kroger's. Um, they weren't prime. They were Angus choice, but they were out of the butcher case. They you know, he he good. cut them for me. It yeah. wasn't just like something 
a package they had. They looked really good. I wish I could have gotten some certified Angus beef steaks like that. That'd be good. But the meat tenderizer did. I mean, it changed. I was just playing with it. Did you trim them? Because no, you tied them. I tied them just, just to keep them uniform. Just keep them from, you know, sometimes you'll cook a big steak and they'll want to spread out. Yeah. I tie, I like to tie them just for, to keep appearance. the shape right. Yeah, it's more of an appearance thing. But also, that meat tenderizer loosens them up. So, you know, they'll want to spread out. Um, and I didn't leave it on there long enough to, to you know, break them down a lot. Yeah. It was just 10 minutes and then rinse. But, um, both sides? Yeah, yeah, I seasoned both sides. How heavy did you go? Not heavy. About like I would AP or something like that. Yeah, you know I would. They weren't drenched in it. If yeah. I had to, if I had to guess per steak, there's probably probably a tablespoon, maybe a tablespoon and a half on each steak. But that total. got rinsed off. Yeah, and they got rinsed off. It was just, it was just to start that process of breaking it down, loosening it up a little bit, and it did. If you've never done that, I suggest giving it a try. Um, one thing I will say. When I've played with it in the past, sometimes it can make the meat a little more salty if you you know season it as normal. But yeah. those weren't at all. No, I, I mean I I did pull back a little bit in on fact, AP. I mean, I put a, you know I could have used a touch more AP on mine. On yours, you wanted more yeah. salt. But I thought the flavor on them and the texture is really good. The texture was excellent to be cooked in a rainstorm like that. Um. So it's so I did some research before the podcast. Okay. So, um, it's not just steaks, really. You can do pork chops. Oh, yeah. With could, a reverse sear. You could do, you know, I do that with those pork tenderloins. The true tenderloin, I'll start them out low and slow. I do it with deer. A lot of times, deer, deer tenderloin. Um, anything that you want to get to a desired temperature, like, you know, you're not cooking it well done, pretty much, does, does really good. I mean, <clears throat> like, say, if I'm doing deer, I like it medium rare as well. I'll start it out, get some smoke on it. Then with your it back over. straps and your loins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even deer steaks, I do the same yeah. thing with it. Pork chops gets the same, you know, a, a big, a thick, thick double-cut pork chop is excellent to reverse sear. In fact, I think your mojo pork chops, I think you Chicken breast. I've done, you know, I, I did a reverse sear on chicken breast. Yeah. yeah. You start it over, and, and a lot of times I'll do that on the pellet grill because I'm, I want to get some slow, some good flavor on chicken breast, but you also want to get that grilled flavor too at the end. So you bring, you know, and chicken breast needs to go to 165. So you can take it up to, I've, I've found it taking about 150, something like that internal, and then taking it over to a charcoal grill. But a lot of times, say, if I'm just cooking on one grill, um, like my egg, for instance, I'll, I'll keep it low with the plate setter. And then when I get everything cooked to the core temperature I want, I'll put it in a pan, put full over it, set it to the side, and then take my grate off, pull the plate setter out. And then ramp my temp up, and it, you know, within five ten minutes, you're back up, and those the, the temp on the on the on the meat hasn't dropped that much, and then you're ready to sear it and cook it back to your final target temperature. Yeah, and that's a great way if you're cooking on a ceramic cooker like an egg or a Kong or you know Vision or so any of these ceramic grills that are out there, um, you can definitely do. You don't have to do two zone in them. You just take that plate setter out. Now, if you, you just cook, need a good yeah, pair of gloves. yeah, if you're cooking on a regular charcoal grill, go two zone. And it works the same way. Um, you can also do like flat irons, skirt steaks, tri-tips. Any, yeah, tri-tips are excellent reverse seared. They're really, it's a great way to nail the, any, anything you want to nail a perfect temperature on, even from top tip to top. It's a, it's a thicker cut. Reverse sear is the way to go. So it's hard to do with a thin cut. That's what I was going to ask. <clears throat> can you do a reverse sear with a thin cut? I mean, 
You could, but it's, it's pointless. It, yeah, because say say if I went two twenty five with say a sixteen ounce ribeye or something that's only about an inch to an inch and a quarter, it's only going to be in there fifteen minutes or so, fifteen twenty minutes tops, and it's already going to be up over you know to rare most of the time, and then yeah. sear it. Chances are you're going before you can get those grill marks. You've already went too far. Yeah. So with those a steak like that, it's like a anti reverse sear. I'll sear them first and then move them over and watch them come up. And I that's, and you could do that. That's another way to do it too. Like I did that tomahawk that's steak. What, I had that on there. I did so what rever- do you call that? Is it a reverse reverse? It's sear? not. A, no, it's just a sear and then a bring up slow. Yeah. Just with a two zone. So um, with your tomahawk, you did it on one grill. You used I did the PK it on the PK. And I had it over on the side, and I brushed it the whole time, so it was still in that two-zone environment. Well, you seared it. I probably it. wouldn't move it. I See, like, I don't know how. I've never tried to, like, sear it first and then put it on a pellet grill. I don't know if you're gaining anything from that. Now, I guess if you were doing a bunch of tomahawks and you wanted to just run them through the sear and get them over there and bring them up, that's fine, too. Because, you know, a lot of that technique's really an inside, indoor cooking technique where chefs will take a cast-iron skillet They'll sear the steaks or whatever meat they're cooking, get the get that crushed, you know, that Maillard reaction on it, and then they'll stick that whole thing in an oven and bring the temp up like that in an oven. So it's basically that same technique. You're just doing a grill to do it. So yeah. Um, with that tomahawk recipe, you seared it first, which I think you get better looking grill marks when you sear first. Yeah, you you probably. Probably, maybe so, because you're getting some browning reaction during that reverse sear part. You know, it's changing the outside of the meat. Um, I'll say they're a little, they're a little darker when I do a reverse sear because they've already changed some. And by the time I get my grill marks on them, it, you know, I guess it depends on, on what. Maybe it's the contrast. Yeah. The con- depending, on, depending on what you put on it seasoning wise, too. Yeah. There's a That's lot more other things it. that yeah. go into the. Um, but you seared it up, you seared it, and then you put know. it on a raised rack, and you put a pan underneath that acted like a heat sink, but also you were catching the drippings. And using do you, that. Do you yeah. remember you put butter and olive and garlic cloves and rosemary and thyme in there? I didn't brush that over the top. That was awesome. That was genius. That you were was like, really good. what do you think about doing this? Like, it was right before you, <laughs> yeah. you know, fixing to do it, you decided to... Throw mm. that in the mix, and man, it made it good. Yeah, and then we had that sauce. We kind of saved it and used it almost like a steak dipping, dipping sauce. sauce yeah. yeah. Well, the deal is, when you're cooking a steak like that, it's fine for doing one, but when you're doing a bunch of them, man, you're gonna have to have a heck of a grill to be able to catch the drippings like that and have a raised rack to do all that. That'd be tough. Yeah, yeah. But and if I, you were doing two ri- two ribeyes, yeah. you could do it. Oh yeah, easy, easy. Yeah. That would, I mean, that would be a great way. I hadn't fillets would be great like that. I hadn't, I hadn't done that. I need to do that. Yeah, someone last night was like, "Well, what? How do I do this if I only have one grill?" Well, you got to get your raised rack, and you got your grill has to have you know enough area to to have. So, what if you only have a pellet side. pellet grill? You, you don't get still, very good sear on a pellet grill. Anyway. You can, yeah, you can with grill grates and, and jack the temp up. <clears throat> That's what I, mean, I if I was doing it on pellet grill, I would probably just if that's all the grill I had, yeah, it'd be reverse sear all the way. I'd start it out, you know, thinner cuts of steak, you might as well just crank it up and cook them. Yeah, but like we're I, talking like about, I did that ribeye the other day. Yeah, but, but we're just talking about just a thick cut of steak. Yeah, do a reverse sear on it, and then you're probably no. But how do you do that on a pellet grill? How do you do a reverse sear on a pellet grill if uh, that's all you got? Start it out at two twenty five, and then take the steaks off, and then ramp it up. Turn it up to 500, hot as it'll go. 
It'll be there in about 10 minutes and let it fly and then put those steaks back on and sear them. Does the rest? If you got grill grates, it's great to throw those on there. I mean, you can do it without them. Even some of the, some of the pellet grills, like my Memphis grill, for example, has a little perforated, uh, insert that you pop, you can pop the, the Traeger, I mean, the Yoder has one too. You pull the little fire pot door off or whatever, and you pop this other one in, and it gives you more access to direct flame. Yeah. And it lets you sear right over it. So. Yeah. But if it doesn't, just ramp, crank it up as high as you can get it. If you have grill grates, throw them in there. You don't have to have a full set, just enough to sear whatever, how many ever steaks you're doing on, and, and sear them like that. Because, I mean, you, you just want to get the core temperature up, hold them for a little bit, and then put them on the sear and finish them off. So does the hold affect it at all? It's going to slow it. It just helps it, gives you time to get your grill hot and it lets it calm down, let some of those juices go back into it. Your core temp's already gotten up there and it's going to make it to where it cooks even all the way across. And that's the main yeah. thing. But if you'll the, notice in the Tomahawk is- video, doing a sear, sear and then moving it over, yeah, you nail the times, but it's not, a, it's not as even a cook as it is if you do a reverse sear. That is true. Because you still see some of that gray, you know, where it's been high heat and shock. It's really cooked it hard, you know. Yeah. So well, that's what gives you the better grill marks, probably too. Yeah, I don't know if they're better. I mean, it's just you can still get the same kind of grill marks on it. Um, what I'm asking is, you, let's say you're cooking on a pellet grill, you do it at low temps till you get where you want it. When you pull that steak off and let it rest, and then recook it. To do your sear once it gets yeah. up to temp is that rest and then recooking. Well, it's it not like cooling the- off very far. I mean, I've never I've never left the thermometer in it, but it's not go. You're not losing. It's not going back down to like 100 degrees. Yeah. It's not falling that far. Well, that's how you yeah. cook a steak on the beefer. Oh yeah, same way. I kind mean, of you're same cooking way. residual heat with it, but yeah, it's kind of the same. You start off, then you pull it off, let it come up to let the core temp, tip stabilize, and you put it back in there and sear it back off. Same kind of technique. Yeah. Because you're hammering it with a heat and it's trying to, you know, it's putting all that on the outside of it and it's got to stabilize. So how long did it take to cook those steaks with a reverse sear? All 10 of them, it was probably 50, under an hour. Under an hour. Yeah. I mean, they went, they, you know, they come up to temp within about, I'd say 45 minutes, 35, 45 minutes. And then by the time I seared all 10 of them, because that part was probably each state was probably on there five to six minutes before I, you know, running them through the little process. So. Yeah. So yeah, it was less than an hour for to all do two. That, yeah. yeah. That was really a smart way to cook that many steaks. Well, I mean, you, to me, it's better than trying to say, okay, I've got my buddies coming. I can cook two at a time or fire up multiple grills and trying to you know do all that. It's less, it's easier. Yeah. That was what I was thinking. I knew I was going to get good flavor. I knew I could nail every one of them and cook the same. I didn't ask them, you know, do you want rare? Do you want medium? <laughs> yeah, you didn't take orders. I cooked them the way I wanted to eat them, and that's how we had them. But they all turned out great. Oh, yeah. everybody ate their entire massive steak. I did. Except I don't think I, I didn't. We had some mine. fat. The fat was, there was fat left over, yeah. and I think Austin took it for his dogs. By the time I sat, I was the last one to sit down at the table. By the time I sat down, Barry had already completely finished his whole steak. <laughs> I was like, ah. You want another one? It was one? time to move on to the bourbon at that point. Because <laughs> <laughs> our, our fantasy football team is ribs and whiskey. So we didn't have rib. Well, we kind of had ribs. We had ribeye. <laughs> ribeye and whiskey. What y'all decide to do for your the draft? 
just ribs a bunch of ways? Is that what no, you said? No, I think I'm going to do Texas barbecue. Oh, okay. Brisket. Do brisket, burn-ins. I'll probably do some Texas-style. we got to have some Texas-style ribs. Do yeah. some salt and pepper ribs, spare ribs. I may do just whole, you know, the slab. Big, whole. Yeah, yeah. I like those. I like the knuckles. And then, of course, we'll have whiskey. So... You 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 feel like you get a better doneness doing a reverse steer. It's with the steak that thick. I don't know about yeah, with a thick steak, you can nail it tip to tip, you know, cross that whole steak and it's, it cooks perfect. Do you think it takes away from the grilled flavor doing it that way? No, it just adds another flavor to it. So you get that the smoker element to me. Yeah. And you know, if I was doing it on a separate separate grill like a the egg or just a two zone fire on a Weber or PK or something. I would throw a little wood in there to give it some, you know, to give it some sm- smoke element. I think you could pick up a little more on it, you know. You it doesn't do- taste. It doesn't taste like a a steakhouse steak, you know. It tastes like something that come from. It's been smoked a little bit. Yeah. So I like. I like it. I personally yeah. like it. You don't want to eat them like that every time, but it's it's really a good way to cook a thick steak. Could you do a reverse here on a drum smoker? Uh, Can you grill? On yeah, a drum? you could it, do the smoke well, part. See, if your drum, if it has different grate levels, or either you can raise the, like mine, I have that big popper kit on the trailer. Well, I can, you know, use a hook, pull my fire basket up to the top, set it up there, and then put my grate there, put grill grates on it. It's a grill, essentially, at that yeah. point. So it's real easy to do that. There's guys using those pit barrels in a contest, too, to, you know, to SEA contest to cook steaks. So yeah, you can the definitely pit barrel do juniors, yeah. yeah. You can definitely do it. Do you think it's easier to cook? The reverse here? Yeah, it's pretty easy. <laughs> it really is. It's an easy way to cook a big steak. It's easier than, man, grilling a thick steak is a challenge because the outside wants to get way do done. How would you do it if, if you had to grill, just I'd, grill? I'd do it like I did at Tomahawk. Move, have me a two's on fire and move, move it, it over. Up. and then, Yeah, move it over, over or up, away from it. That's the only way you can do it. Yeah. I mean... You know, and I, you see these guys do those caveman steaks. I've never tried one. I'd like to But I wondered one. how, because, you know, they just throw it on the coals, and then they flip it and throw it on the coals. Well, I've never seen one that looked like it was perfectly cooked because you're just hammering the outside of it. Yeah. I mean, is the outside okay to eat? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, does it taste good, though? I don't know. I never tried it. I'm curious. I'm yeah. very, very curious. Think I need to do that experiment? Yes. Caveman style? Yes. Just to see. I can do it. Duh. I mean, how do you get even coverage? Because coals aren't, you know. What I've seen them do is they'll use lump charcoal. Yeah. Get, or they'll burn wood down and get a good hot, hot fire. So you're talking I've like. I've seen them take a blow dryer and blow the ash off. Oh, yeah. It's glowing. Yeah. And then the steak's going right on it. And then after two or three minutes, I'm guessing, depending on the thickness of your steak, flip it over, do the other side. Raise it up, knock anything <laughs> off that's stuck on it, throw it on a plate and eat it. Caveman. <laughs> We're going to do it. Okay. I want to try it. Yeah. I just, I'm curious. But you don't get even coverage. I mean, it's making contact. Yeah, I don't know if it's not, you know. Just, but, you know, a grate is level. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you got to think there's places on the grate where nothing touches it. Yeah. So That's true. And that's, you know, that's what a lot of, I've seen people argue Steak purist that the best way to cook that steak is on cast iron skillet because, because of maximum searing capability. It browns it, you know, does its whole thing across the whole surface of the meat. Well, when you use grill grates, it's pretty, it looks good, but you're not, you're not doing it justice by if you really want a seared 
maximum seared piece of meat. Now, to me, I I like them both, tomato, tomato. You know, yeah. they're both good. Yeah. I like a good cast iron steak. Yeah, there's something to be said about a great cast iron steak. I don't think it's better. Crust. I don't know if it's necessarily better. You're not going to beat the charcoal flavor to me. <clears throat> yeah, the, the grill flavor is where it's at. Yeah, we've had that conversation before. But I, I do like a good crusty steak, you know, cast iron yeah. style. Bruce Chris, well, I, I call it a Bruce Chris steak. Where they cook them in eighteen hundred degrees, and it's in the iron skillet thing, and it comes out. The butter's the best part of it. The, you know? the butter's the best part, yeah. <laughs> That's what good. I was talking to somebody last night. They said I said I wasn't. I'm not that crazy about Ruth's Chris steaks. And they said I have a hard time arguing about <laughs> any steak brought to me on a plate of butter. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. true. It's good. It's just different. Yeah. Would I take a charcoal grilled steak? Yeah, I would. So did you get the grill marks you wanted to? Yeah. <laughs> On the first few, before, before I <laughs> threw the towel in, it was just like, screw it, I'm getting it over with. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> Does the rain <laughs> affect the uh, coals? No. The temp? I mean, if you were, if I would have been out in it, I had some shelter, so it wouldn't change in my grill too. I don't know, man. I wasn't checking great temp. I had it open. I was th- running stakes through it, and... I was getting blasted with the fire hose. It fell off. <laughs> <laughs> For real. I mean, that's what it was. Extreme cooking. Extreme. Anything else you want to say about reverse sears? No, no it's just all a, the questions I had. It's a really great way to, to cook steak, especially a thicker cut. So if you, if you're, it's a, it's a lot or safer way. Not you're not going to mess steak, up. Usually, well, usually. Just a thicker cut. Yeah, right? a thicker cut of meat, but it, especially steak. And most of the time, if you're buying a big, thick steak, it's expensive because it weighs oh, yeah. more. And, you know, it's expensive cut of meat. You don't want to mess it up. So you know that if you put it on a grill and you start it out low and slow, you're watching those temps in it, and then you just put it over on a hot grill to finish it off to your doneness, man, you can't mess it up. It's really, really good. And if you want to, if you want to get that butter going on it, just have that on your grill warm. And every time you're doing your, you know, your sear marks on it, just brush it with that as it, as you go through your flips and turns and it'll give it that same flavor. That's one thing um, we forgot about last night. Was I didn't have time butter. to. Yeah. It was a, I was not fighting the steak butter. It would have made it better. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't do it. And we served it with um, asparagus, which I cooked in the oven. And a loaded potato casserole. Yeah. That was something new that you tried. It was awesome. It was. I would make some modifications to that you recipe. twice baked. We were working on something new. It was like twice baked potatoes, but in casserole form. Yeah. So... So basically, I was trying to make, um, instead of having to do 10 baked potatoes mm-hmm. and have everybody kind of fix their own baked potato, I decided to try to make a casserole, take that same you know concept and make casserole with it. So we boiled potatoes. Yukon Golds. Got yeah, that. Yukon Golds. Mashed potatoes. Mashed them, butter, sour cream, cheese, chives, bacon. Mm-hmm. Simple. Butter and a yeah. lot of butter. Did you say butter? <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of butter. <laughs> And then you, so you mix that up, yeah. top it with more cheese and more bacon, cover it, put it in the oven, take the cover off, finish it off, let the cheese really melt, and mm-hmm. then put scallions over, green onion over the top. Yes. And then you scoop it out, and it's loaded baked potato, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. The only um, problem with that recipe is I was following a Pioneer Woman recipe, and she baked her potatoes. I boiled my potatoes, and she added milk to her casserole, 
and I shouldn't have added the milk. I knew not to. I was like, I just don't think it needs it. So I added a little milk, and they were a little soupier than I wanted them to be. Yeah. But I think boiling the potatoes, you get more moisture. You're going to change it up. So I'm going to change it up. I'm going to take that recipe and kind of modify it and make it long. There you go. Then we did asparagus and then mushrooms. The mushrooms are money. (laughs) The The key to mushrooms. What's easy? How do you do them? They're so simple. You get you a big pot. Butter. Like deep saute pan. Deep saute pan. Yeah. Butter. Worcestershire. Um. I used red wine. You can use red wine vinegar. Um, you just balsamic need some vinegar, balsamic you vinegar. You, you need some acidic. Red wine makes it. It really makes it. It cooks off all the oh, yeah. alcohol. It's just red cooking wine. But you used you, a you, bottle you drink. just like Woodbridge or Merlot or something like that. Yeah, it like was that. a you know, $5 bottle of wine. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, nothing. I mean, something decent you yeah. know, that you drink. And um, you had diced some garlics <clears throat> for me. Mm-hmm. That's um, all that was in it, right? And then some salt and pepper. Uh, I used AP, not salt and pepper, but and then you just put the mushrooms in there. You had you had bought some really big mushrooms. They're big they're, daddy mushrooms. That's what they had at Kroger. Yeah. All the mushrooms are huge. They're just white. They call were them button mushrooms. No, they're no. buttons, but they were. I mean, they were big. They've been great for stuffing. But I put it in there and just let it cook and let it cook and let it cook and let it cook and just keep it low, let it simmer because you want to re- you want to have a the mushrooms are going to let a lot of moisture go mm-hmm. as they start cooking, but you want to have a lot of moisture in there and let it start reducing so it almost becomes a syrup. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and it, Where it did. sticks to the so meat. it makes it almost like a steak sauce. Yes, and then you know we serve it as a side dish, but it'd be great over the top of yeah. it. You could definitely run some steaks mm-hmm. through that sauce. Yeah. It was good. Asparagus were super simple. Um, olive oil, AP, in an oven for... Cut them, rinse them, dry them. Yeah. Oven, season them. 425 oven for 8 to 12 minutes. That's all it is. Yep. And they're good. Just don't and then bread the and butter. Ones. Yeah. Gotta have the bread and butter. <laughs> That's a great steak dinner. We didn't do it's a hard dessert. hard to mess it up. No, yeah. we didn't need a dessert. Heck no. The dessert was the bourbon. Bourbon tasting. <laughs> The cabinet's gotten a little full, so I set a lot of bourbons out hoping to get rid of a few bottles. And uh, somehow I ended up with an extra bottle at the end of Jameson. the night. Yeah, it was Jameson. <laughs> I think Jay brought it, yeah. I like Jameson. It's good, it's good for picklebacks. You ever had one of those? Mm-mm, I don't think I would like it. Pickle juice and Jameson Irish whiskey. I'll have to try it. Yeah, I'll try it. <laughs> Twist my arm. <laughs> if you ain't never tried a pickleback, you need to. So what's a pickleback? Shot of Jameson, shot of pickle juice. What does it taste like? Deliciousness. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. I mean, does the pickle get rid of the um heat, or does it mix? Does it? I don't know why it's good. I just like pickle juice. Yeah. And actually, Justin told me about it. He's like, I think he was up in Boston, and he sent me a text. Said, "Man, you got to try this. It's called pickle bag. This has been years ago." He's like, "Everybody's up here doing them." And I said, "All right, you know." Lo and behold, I liked it. I saw them selling like pickleback juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the cocktail I, I, section. Yeah, I buy it because I use it in Bloody Mary's too. Mm-hmm. I really like it with Clawson pickle juice though. Good stuff. I need a good briny pickle juice. Um. So no video this week. No video next week. Yeah. We're, we're going to crank it back up as soon as it cools off. So <laughs> we'll quit traveling. I'm going back uh, fishing next week too. So probably we're going to have a podcast. Yeah. do it. We're going to do it Tuesday. You got a brand new cool toy you're going to try out. Yeah, I got the um, 
the Thermal Works Bellows. It's Bellows. There. Is it Bellows it, or Billows? Billows. It's B-I-L-L. Yeah, it's Billows. Billows. But it, anyway, it's um, it's their version of a pit control fan. It works with their signals. And I've got to – I haven't even – they sent it to me, and I had not even had time to play with it. But I'm going to put it on the drum, and I don't know what I'm going to cook. <laughs> I bet it'll make the drum – Run like a machine. Oh yeah, you know it will. I use my Guru on it already. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so going to see if it thermal, runs as good as a Guru. Is this ThermoWorks answer to a Guru? I guess. Kind of, yeah, they're just getting in the pit control market. Yeah, um, their stuff's always top notch, so it I, I expect it to fully function. You know, well. But I, I thought we might once you try it out and play with it a little bit, we might actually do a podcast all about pit control devices or something and thermometers. Yeah, you know yeah. what you need, what to use them for. That's a good topic. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I got coming up. And I don't know what videos. I'll probably be doing some fish videos. <laughs> yeah. I get to go catch some. I mean, I got some. We'll also be um, at Code, Code 3. Three. Yeah. Um, what's that town? Dadgummit. If I need to look it up. I looked it up the other day. Hurricane storm surge warnings. Man. You might not be fishing trap, next week. I'll be upset. Um, I'm bear with me because I'm fixing to look this up. They are having a contest and a big event, and it benefits the local community and stuff. It's it's a great little contest. Collinsville, Illinois. It's in Collinsville, Illinois. It's the Code Three. It is um, it's outside of St. Louis. So if you know the St. Louis area, I think they're across the river in Illinois, just a little northeast. I think it's called Smoking on Maine, yep. July twenty seventh and twenty eighth. You will be there. I will be there on Saturday. Doing meet and um, greet. Yeah, we're just going to hang out, uh, talk to folks. and It is know, a steak contest, isn't it? I think they're having... And a barbecue contest. Odds Lane and Johnny Rocket's going to be there, too. And then the Graham Band on Sunday. Who's Johnny Rocket? I don't know. I'm excited to see you. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to have uh, barbecue vendors from all over St. Louis. I bet the Sugar Fire... Probably. It'll be there. That'd be cool. Yeah. Anyway, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be on Main Street in Collinsville, Illinois. It'll be a good and time. If anybody's in that area, y'all come out and uh, say hi. We're going to be walking around, talking to all the teams, and talking to anybody that wants to you know, say hi. I guess. That'll I'm, let you talk to them. That'll let me talk to them. I love talking barbecue. <laughs> That's what we do. I'm not cooking in the contest. Mm-mm. You contest out for a hot minute? For a minute. You know, it's vacation season. Yeah. It's been a it's been a grueling couple of months. Nah, <laughs> recharge now. Uh, we're gonna hit it again in a few weeks. That's right. Hit it hard. What'd you tell somebody the other day? If you want to catch us, you got to do it in the months of July <laughs> or, fe- or July January, August, February. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Because we 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 work hard the rest of the time, but that's all I have. All right. Well, um, you want to tell them where they can find us? If you would like to connect with Malcolm, it is How to BBQ Right, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course YouTube. If you'd like to connect, connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell, Instagram, Twitter. Oh yeah, Mark's going with Swan Life's going with us to cook that SCA event. He's cooking on one of the new M grills. It's I don't like know the what little, that is. it's like a little ammo can with the. I'm excited to see how he does on it. It's it's just it'll sit right here on the table. It's like you think of oh, ammunition can up right now. But uh, it's got a M set grills. of grill rates. Yeah. And he's going to be cooking on that this weekend. So 
I think he just got it yesterday, and he did a steak cook in the rain at his house. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he called me and asked me how mine went, and I said, yeah, went great. He said, yeah, mine did too. So what is it, like a tabletop grill? Yes, yeah, tabletop grill, no lid, and you can just sear on it. So it's going to be pretty cool. Oh, my gosh. So, so we'll be able to just, talk about that next week. So it's like you build a a fire down below, and then your grate yep. is directly above it, That's and this it. little ammo can. You sear a steak on it. Isn't that neat? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited very to curious see it. to see that in action. But we'll be see y'all next week, and we'll give you a report on how the uh, Dwayne's Rib Liquor SEA contest. I'm went. sure it's going to be awesome. Good Dwayne luck. does great, job, great yeah. work. So y'all have a great week. All right.